0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, back with another recap of Monday Night Raw. Another action-packed, fun episode, man. I'm really enjoying WWE television under Triple H. Man, it's been... Uh, I-, I tweeted it earlier, but I like... The the differences are definitely noticeable. Um, the show as a whole feels a little bit more inspired. And as a whole man, I got to say like when I'm watching the shows again, it feels like the WWE that I grew up watching. I'm loving it. I'm a huge fan. Before we get into every single segment and all my thoughts on everything, I just want to give a little bit of a a nod to someone who left a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I believe is where they left this review. And I'm not going to read the whole thing cuz it's kind of technical. But I just wanted to say, da- uh, dogs, braves, hawks, thank you. And noted, I will do my best to not, uh, to, to, to do what you asked. I'll do my best when titling the episodes. I'll try my best. It's an SEO thing, but I'll, I'll do my best. I'll try my best. I'll be thinking of you when I'm titling future episodes. Let's get into things. First off, Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles versus Judgment Day. Starting off the show with another match, not a talking segment. Uh... I don't, I don't mind it. There's no problem with it. As long as like each segment is maximized to me, I don't really care where things are, are, you know, are put on the card. I mean, I guess like you want a big match to end the night, but I also understand doing it earlier because then it feels like there's less of a time constraint. So I just, I, 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 I don't have a problem with just switching up the formula. I don't want anything to ever feel formulaic when I'm watching every week. I want to feel surprised when I'm watching things. I want to be thrown off. I want to be like, oh, this is different. This is cool. Um, And starting off the show with a match is different than the norm. So we got Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles versus Judgment Day. At one point in the match, Balor teases hitting the Styles Clash, but Ziggler reverses it into a Fame Master, which I thought looked pretty cool. This led to a hot tag that brings AJ Styles into the match. We got some nice Back and forth action with Damian Priest and Ziggler eventually gets into the match. Uh, he goes for he gets a pinfall, the ref doesn't see it. Finn tries to intervene, he gets hit with a super kick. Priest lands south of heaven on Ziggler for the win. Right after that, um, after the match, an SUV pulls up and out walks Edge, who begins walking to the ring with a purpose. The crowd chants, We want Edge. As Judgment Day get back in the ring with something to say, so rather than the old formula of like talking segment leading to a match, I kind of like the opposite. Like I was saying, not feeling formulaic. We had, um, you know, the match which wasn't bad. You know, I was I was entertained by it. Uh, four entertaining competitors. Uh, there was cool spots in the match. wasn't didn't didn't feel too rushed or anything like that. Everyone involved looked good no issues whatsoever and then we go right into a storyline that's been bubbling with Judgment Day and Edge. We've had a bunch of interactions between them. Um you know, the, we got the mash coming the mash, the match coming up at Clash at the Castle. I got ahead of myself by saying Clash, mash, <laughs> match at Clash at the Castle. Um you know, I got to say I hate when it's got at in the name of the show cuz you're saying at like Star Wars, but yeah, a match at Clash of the Castle. It's just hard to say when I'm trying to say it fast. Match at Clash of the Castle. Match at Clash. See, I can't even say that fast. It's fast. Match at Clash of the Castle. No, that... <laughs> and I'm a fast talker, too. Anyways, let's not get stuck on me not being able to say that fast. Let's get back to this segment after the break. Rhea calls out Edge and says that she'll happily smash what's left of his manhood. Balor gets on the mic after, complaining about not getting his own A&E documentary. Good little uh, little sale for their documentary series where he's talking about all the people who did get documentaries. A smart way to advertise those docs. Uh, Then Priest makes excuses for his loss last week and says Edge doesn't have the one who really wears the pants in their family with him this week, referring to Bedge, Bedge, referring to Beth making an appearance last week. So he says, so come out and receive your judgment day. Edge then, (laughs) I guess Bedge. That's like, I guess, I guess that maybe that would be their, like their couple name, you know, like how there's always those like mashed up names. Would it be Bedge? I think it would, right? Because you you couldn't say it. Edgix? No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no, it'd have to be bedge. Okay, so I guess it's not. <laughs> I guess, I guess my my flub there can now become the, their couple name bedge. Uh, Edge makes his entrance uh, with a microphone, and he's on the ramp. He says the three of them did make some valid points as well as some silly ones. He didn't come back to steal their glory. He came back. To take them to greater heights. But Finn's ego got in the way. Edge also says that he's comfortable in his masculinity as well. So he's okay admitting they both wear the pants in their relationship. Because it's 2022. Well done, Edge, with that line. I feel like scored major points with people all around. Solid babyface points with that line. Uh, He then tells Rhea to keep her hands to herself or she's going to learn why Beth is called the Glamazon. He also said a funny line where he says uh, that Rhea just looks angry and emo about not getting tickets to a My Chemical Romance concert. Um, Edge also uh, goes on to explain that Judgment Day clearly didn't soak in enough while sitting under his learning tree because he obviously didn't come alone. The Mysterios appear behind them with kendo sticks and a brawl breaks out. Um, just before we get to this next part, um, I liked all this. I feel like Edge is, you know, f- you know, s- uh, we got a lot of serious Edge for a while. We were really getting serious Edge because he was doing these real deep blood feuds. And even though his situation with the Judgment Day is serious since it's his, his own group that, that turned on him, uh, sorry for the, the buzz there. I thought I had my computer on silent. <laughs> uh, even though it is a serious feud because of it, you know his relationship with the Judgment Day, I do think they're doing a really good job of making Edge seem likable again as a babyface, more so than he was before. I mean, obviously he was likable because it was Edge coming back. But I think we're seeing more of that like silly goofy Edge to a to a to some degree. Um, mixed in with you know the serious stuff too but but you know we even saw it later in the show with the with the Kurt Angle stuff so I just I think I, I, I'm kind of liking the way he's been as of late he feels a little bit more like the edge that I remember seeing when he was away he kind of has that same short hair again You know, has that same short hair again he he's being a little more goofy but still serious um you know still being a veteran but, but just, you know, shades of the, the edge of old, which I, which I, I do like. Now, uh, Rhea and Dominic come face-to-face, and Dominic looks conflicted about hitting her with the kendo stick. Uh, so they start circling around each other, and Dom tries to get her to back off. But Rhea eventually convinces Dom to hand the kendo stick over. This brings Edge and Rey Mysterio back into the ring for a standoff, and Balor and Priest pull Rhea out of the ring before things can escalate. Dom shakes hands with Edge in the ring to seemingly squash their previous beef. We're going to talk more about this in a little bit. We're almost there, but uh, this comes up, in, you know this 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 whole situation is talked about. Later in the show. So I have something I want to bring up that I want to ask you about it. But we're not there yet. I'm going to get back to that. Put a little pin in that one. Save it for just a couple more minutes. Next, there's a recap of Dexter Loomis kidnapping Ms. and uh, Graves. Refers to Loomis as a disgruntled former employee who doesn't work here anymore. And then an interview from earlier today is shown... With Miz and Ciampa. Miz is asked if he can tell us what happened after the kidnapping and Miz says no. He's then told that Loomis was arrested afterwards which was shown on NXT this week and Miz reiterates that he doesn't want to talk about it. Similarly pin that one. We'll come back to my thoughts once this all plays out in the rest of the episode. After the break Raquel and Aaliyah vow to win the women's tag team titles in the finals of the tournament tonight and then we get Alexa Bliss. Asuka and Bianca Belair against three local competitors. This is obviously a precursor to their match this weekend against Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Asuka wins this one for their team with that new submission that she's been using. And the three of them get on the mic after to hype the upcoming match at Clash. Bianca ends this by saying they'll be the ones taking control. All this talk, control, control, control. I, w- I would just like their name to be established. Bailey and her crew. I keep because I always say Bailey and Company. Bailey and her crew. Bailey, Dakota, Eosky. I would just like. I wouldn't mind if they got like their name official, made it official. I want an uh, an official name. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I, I I I'm definitely looking forward to this match. I think that it's gonna definitely be one of the better matches on the card. I think that that you know sins being brought up. Or slash rehired slash returned from injury. Uh, Bailey Dakota's guy, excuse me, Dakota Kai and EO Sky have all impressed. They've all proven why they you know are are three of the best in the business. And I think that on the other side, Asuka, Alexa Bliss Bianca Belair similarly great competitors. Also some of the best in the business. Uh, this whole program has been hyped up. Well played out in a in an entertaining manner and I'm yeah I'm really looking forward to this match I'm really looking forward to like the whole card I know I mentioned that I'm going to be at my sister's wedding and it really is a bummer because this is going to be a good show I mean I'm going to watch it but it's going to be a good show I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not going to be able to watch it live because I feel like this is going to be one of those matches that could potentially steal the show as well Miz and Champa are then approached by Pierce Adam Pierce who says Miz has the full support of the company In everything involving Dexter Loomis, Miz explains that he just wants to focus on his match. Doesn't want to talk about what happened. Pierce says, just so Miz knows though, Loomis has been released from jail because Miz refused to press charges or talk about it. This makes, this obviously (laughs) makes Miz and Ciampa angry and further escalates Miz's paranoia. Kurt Angle Makes his entrance in his old team angle gear after that. Angle says it's great to be back in front of his hometown fans and gets interrupted by Chad Gable as they go to commercial break. Instantly hyped here. Instantly hyped. Oh, man. This whole segment was so good, and we're going to go through it, obviously. But I was just so excited. Like, oh, instantly, like, oh, hell yeah. We're going to get Angle in his old Team Angle gear in a segment with Chad Gable and Alpha Academy gear. Oh, I was already hyped. I was already excited. I'm a huge Chad Gable guy, uh, and I was super pumped to see these the, these two interacting. When they return from the break, Cable, uh, Gable says his a uh, thank you catchphrase and says Kurt Angle's a personal hero of his. His story of winning an Olympic gold medal inspired him. Kurt also uh, <laughs> fires back there and and uh, reminds him it was with a broken frickin' neck. Good little shout out there. Nice setup from from Gable. Uh, and Gable then offers him a spot in Alpha Academy for one night only. The crowd boos, and he says to be quiet. There's an Olympic legend in the ring, and Kurt Angle, too. Um, they try to hand an Alpha Academy jacket to Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle says he'll pass, tossing the jacket back to Gable, who says, "Excuse me, tell me that's not true." Uh, exqueeze me, oh what a what a good what a good throwback there, man. Excuse me is one of those lines I'm just like, uh, Exqueeze me" is one of those '90s things, and I'm like, "Oh, I love exqueeze me.'" Squeeze me is one of those things I wish never went away. Squeeze me is a good line. Squeeze me? Uh, Tell me that's not true. Obviously, Kurt Angle says back, oh, it's true. It's damn true. But before he can finish, he gets interrupted with a massive shoosh. And Angle says back, did you just shoosh me? No, you shoosh. And then Gable said one of my favorite. He said, my, "He says my favorite thing he's ever said in WWE." He says, "You don't shoosh a shusher. <laughs> you don't shoosh a shooser." Uh, that's another one. There's been some. Uh, there's been some lines that have been said on WWE TV lately that that is not on a shirt fast enough. But man, you don't shoosh a shusher. <laughs> needs to be on a shirt asap uh the shooshing in general in this was so good like he says like uh shoot the shoosh the hell up uh just there's a lot of shooshing going on uh a lot of good shooshes but then uh <laughs> i like that he says you don't shoot a shoosh shoosh the hell up and that gets angled to shoosh gable and gable shooshes back and they get into a shoosh off and Gable gets pissed and tells Otis to show him what happened when someone turns down an offer from Alpha Academy. Just great great stuff. Like when you say, you know, you want a little bit of everything when you're watching WWE TV. This is it. You know, you got Alpha Academy, you got Chad Gable who is so entertaining in the ring as a as an in-ring competitor, but but just so much charisma that he, I mean, he's, everyone has said since day one that he he feels like a young Kurt Angle. And to have these two guys just doing this was, was so nice. It was so entertaining. It was the perfect way to use Kurt Angle. Just letting him use little bits of his nostalgia, helping him um, establish another performer that, I mean, obviously it's not like you know, Gable needs establishing more, but when you when when he when you can go toe to toe, charisma wise with someone of the of the of the stature of a, of a Kurt Angle, you see that just like man, this guy has it. This guy has everything you'd want in a WWE superstar. So good, he's just so good. And To see him finally kind of getting to do this, something like that with Kurt Angle really felt like a great moment. Uh, Street Profits rush to Engel's aid in the black and gold colors for Pittsburgh. They challenge Alpha Academy to a match. Gable says, only under one condition. Only if Kurt Engel agrees to join Alpha Academy after and do as Master Gable says. Engel agrees, and the match is on. Alpha Academy versus Street Profits. But, hold up. Before we do that, uh, let me first, we, we got we to gotta get a commercial. I got to get a quick commercial in first. Don't, don't get mad at me. Quick commercial, and then I'll be back with more of my thoughts in this week's Raw Roundup. All right, we're back. So I like that with Alpha Academy versus Street Profits, these four were given a good amount of time in the match as Angle watched nervously ringside. Uh, Chad... Mocked angle at times, and at one point, locked in the ankle lock on Montez Ford, who eventually reversed it into an ankle lock of his own. As Kurt Angle was cheering on, uh, very cool. It, I mean, it wasn't like obviously some like you know spot you've never seen before—an ankle lock reversed into an ankle lock. But when you got Kurt Angle there, and it's it's about you know Kurt Angle having to out- join Alpha Academy, and you got these two younger talent with, a, with a, a legend ringside, and they're, they're both paying homage to it. It's pretty cool. Otis breaks up this double ankle lock, and he walks out of the ring to intimidate Angle, and while his focus is on Kurt, Otis gets pounced so hard by Dawkins, sent flying over the announced desk. He goes flying. The way he went flying was so impressive. You're just like, whoa. He never, how'd that man do that? He just went... Just went flying into the ring with the way, uh, you know, Dawkins picked him up, it was very cool looking. Uh, this leads to the Street Profits teaming up on Gable, and four is able to hit the frog splash to get the win for their team. And Kurt Angle, obviously, Kurt Angle is happy about this. They celebrate with him ringside, they put something in a solo cup form, but Angle spits it out. He's grossed out by what he's drinking, then pulls out some milk. And they all drink it in celebration. Great use of Kurt Angle tonight. He got to play the hits with Chad Gable in a way that made both look good. The match stipulation elevated Alpha Academy versus Street Profits. Takes a basic raw match. Makes it feel important. And fans got to see a classic milk celebration after with their Olympic hero. Very fun stuff. I really like that Triple H seems to be reinforcing a respect for the legends. Again, I'm I'm a fan of it. For far too long, many would be devalued for some reason when they'd return. But Trish, last week and this week with Kurt Angle, sends a different message. Riddle and Seth Rollins are then interviewed from separate rooms. And this is where the show gets spicy, ladies and gentlemen. The show gets spicy here. Footage is shown of Rollins confronting Riddle in the parking lot before the show. Um, And just with this, I like how they did it with cell phone footage from afar. Made it feel a little more real. Reality era. You know Triple H likes that reality vibe. And we're about to get a lot of reality. Uh, Riddle uh, is introduced as Matt Riddle, though. No longer just Riddle. Great call. Uh, Riddle sounds... Like, not a human being's name. Matt Riddle is a human being's name that has some recognition. So Matt Riddle is now back. No more Riddle. Very happy with that. Matt Riddle. Rollins says Matt Riddle was creeping outside of his bus. Matt says that's not true. He was just on the phone. And Rollins says uh, that no one likes him backstage and that he's going to finish the job he started. Not just for him, but for everybody, bro. Riddle says it's going to take a lot more to get rid of him. Seth vows to put Matt on the shelf this weekend, just like Cody Rhodes, then move on to the undisputed title, and there's nothing he can do about it. Riddle fires back by saying he's going to prove there's only one man in Seth's marriage, and that's Becky. And when he says this, like... Seth's demeanor changes like it infuriates Seth but not in a way where he flies off the handle he has that look like I know that look it's like when you're so mad you almost see red <laughs> that's the look that Seth Rollins had and so when they come back from the break they're like well more happened during the break because their, their, their microphones were still on that we're gonna show you and oh man you see Rollins and he's like hey Riddle you still there and Riddle's like yeah I'm still here and uh he says you talk about my family man let's talk about yours oh wait you don't have one because your wife divorced you and took your kids and they don't want to see your bitch ass anymore and I was just like whoa whoa like that's uh oh, that's a, a whoo you know earlier I said um I said this, you know. Lately, when I'm watching WWE, it reminds me of the WWE I grew up watching, and there was a lot of crap talking and personal shots thrown uh, on TV in the in the in the glory days. And when I watched this, I went, "You talk about blurring reality and fiction. Uh, this is that." This is definitely that. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, this is that. This is blurring the lines between reality and fiction so hard that the viewer goes, do these two actually hate each other? Because you wouldn't say that about someone that you don't actually hate. Well, they wouldn't put it on TV and put all these clips if it wasn't something, you know, put together. (laughs) And then your mind starts going and that's the fun of pro wrestling for a lot of people of like getting lost in it in a way where you're not lost in the behind the scenes stuff you read on on all the wrestling sites you're lost in the story cuz you don't know what's real and what's what's uh, fiction and I, and I really do enjoy that uh, I really do like when that when the show is like that a Riddle flies off the handle obviously after that and he says I'm not going to I'm not going to beat you up anymore I'm going to f you up they they blur out his face when he's saying it uh, and he, he asks where Seth Rollins is at. He freaks out. Uh, Rollins kind of walks off the screen after that because he knows he's gotten in Riddle's brain. But, man, this was epic. I saw this being shared by, you know, big publications and people being like, all right, WWE's back. This th- WWE's back. This is what we've been missing. Stuff like this. Stuff that makes you believe. This is one of those things that makes you believe. Next, we had Bobby Lashley versus The Miz, and due to the kidnap last week, Miz is having trouble focusing on the match. Ciampa tries to get uh, his head in the game, but it's not really working. Miz tries to use his necklace as a weapon, but the ref stops him and gets distracted, which allows Ciampa to interfere for a good near fall. Miz eventually attempts to go for the skull-crushing finale, but he spots Dexter Loomis in the crowd with a spotlight on him. He stares in terror and Ciampa tells him to focus. When Ciampa looks over, Dexter is gone. And Lashley gets Miz in the hurt lock for the win. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to AJ being kind of like the original focus of, of Dexter Loomis. Um... I do think that Miz makes more sense. It does seem like people I mean maybe they thought that people were going to boo Dexter Loomis for attacking AJ Styles, but since people liked the way it played out and they're cheering now, they kind of kind of changed course to a certain degree and now they're going to make him a face who's doing Kind of like more of the character he played in, in NXT. Maybe that I mean that would make sense. Um, so maybe that's what's going on here and why he got switched to Miz. Um, but still, like I I like the mystery surrounding his character. I think it's a good that's it's good the way they're doing it. I thought it was smart to include NXT this week and you can see his reunion with Index with with, with Dex. Oh, excuse me. You can see his reunion with Indy Hartwell. Uh, So they reunited to reform in Dex. Sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. (laughs) Um, And then he gets arrested. So, um, yeah, I like what they're doing. I think Dexter Loomis is kind of like, he's getting a big opportunity here. And obviously, he's going to have to back it up in the ring when when the time comes. Um, It's not that he can't. I'm not saying he can't. Uh, This is a big opportunity. He's getting on a big stage, and um, you know I'm 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 enjoying the mystery surrounding it so far. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. There's a little more later, which we'll get to. Uh, But first, before that, there was a nice little bit of nostalgia with Edge and Kurt Angle recreating that old gag where Edge is showing Kurt Angle things on giant cards that have things written on the back, a la Wayne's World. Uh, There was the you know you suck with the arrow pointing up uh now this time we got you still suck on the back of the cards uh nice just didn't need to be anything more than it was but it was entertaining a nice little bit of nostalgia for people who've been watching that long afterward ray tells dominic that the reason edge is going to be his partner at clash of the castle is because he needed a little bit more experience against the judgment day dominic seems disappointed but claims to be supportive all right we can unpin now let's let's unpin. Let's unpin what I had talked about earlier. We 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 talk about Dominic Mysterio and the way he was the way he was acting with Rhea and how he even gave her the kendo stick. Are they are they foreshadowing him join joining Judgment Day too much now? Do you think it's a swerve that they're making you wanna think that he's doing that, but he's not? It's all going to be one big swerve. Or maybe is Dominic going to join the Judgment Day? Are we finally going to see a split of Dominic and Ray? I always expected when Dominic finally split from Ray, it would happen... I don't know. I expected it to happen later. Because in interviews, Dominic has said that he wants to, to don the Rey Mysterio mask once Ray retires. And I almost pictured it happening then. That he doesn't turn on his dad, until the retirement ceremony when he tears the mask off of Rey and puts it on himself and claims to be, you know, whatever, Rey Mysterio Jr. Jr. or <laughs> El Hijo de Mysterio Jr. I don't know, whatever. Rey Myster- I guess he can be Rey Mysterio Jr. because Rey Mysterio is just Rey Mysterio in WWE, but that would be kind of confusing too. Whatever name he picks, it's kind of how I always envisioned it. That happens in the retirement ceremony when he's going to get the mask passed to him anyway. and He just tears it off of him, beats the crap out of him, starts a new LWO. The whole nine. I don't see him turning just yet. I think that, look, with it seems like Legato's on the way, and before Legato comes in, we or once Legato comes in, we got to get the Mysterios versus Legato first, and they seem to be on the way from NXT. So, no, I don't think Dominic's joining the Judgment Day, but it's a good little way to. It's a good little way to talk about uh, this segment because you guys all might think differently than me. I don't know. I'm here by myself. I'm thinking in my head here. I'm thinking out loud. I hope sometimes I can be a little awkward on here. I know because it's mainly because I'm talking to myself for 40 minutes and it's not something I'm used to doing. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking in my head all day, but I'm not used to talking to myself like this for this long. All right, out next <clears throat> we had The Bloodline with Sammy Zayn. And there was a there was a graphic in the show that said the bloodline, and uh, it had Sami Zayn in the the graphic. So I think he's part of the bloodline now. Uh, he's also been apparently named as the honorary MC or whatever of Roman's big two year title reign celebration on SmackDown this Friday. And while the he and the Usos are talking on the mic. They eventually get interrupted by Kevin Owens, who says the bloodline doesn't run anything on Monday nights because Raw is the Kevin Owens show. Uh, he says he's glad they're there, though, because he wants to once again remind Roman that he still owes him one. Jay Uso asks if Sammy is his boy because he's about to attack and a conflicted Sammy says, technically, yes. Uh, and then Sammy tries to get everyone to settle down. Sammy tells Kevin that Reigns doesn't owe him or anyone anything ever so he did deliver the message that Roman told him to deliver to Kevin Owens but KO says he didn't think that Sammy could find a way to look stupider than he did when he grew that hair out but each week he continues to do just that by running around with the bloodline claims he's forgotten that Sammy he claims that Sammy has forgotten that he's one of the greatest in ring performers of all time that now he's reduced to being the bloodlines clown kevin considers sammy a brother and claims that this is really sad to see so he tells zane to look in the mirror and reassess things sammy tells kevin that he doesn't know what he's talking about and that the bloodline actually likes him he's like jay he's like jimmy uso likes me He does a fancy handshake with jimmy uso and says bet which had me dying he also said yeet earlier in the promo which had me dying and that's the idea. Goes Jey Uso, uh, we're working on it, okay. But more importantly, Roman Reigns likes him, and that's why they ended SmackDown, destroying Drew McIntyre together. Jey Uso threatens to do the same if Kevin doesn't leave, but Kevin walks into the ring instead because this is the the new Kevin Owens, everyone, or the, excuse me, the old Kevin Owens. The new Kevin Owens is the old Kevin Owens, and he's a badass again. He's not walking away. He walks right into the ring and tells Jey Uso to not think he forgot that he and Paul Heyman are the only reason he didn't beat Roman Reigns 18 months ago and put an end to his title reign then, so on Friday he can celebrate two years of having his head shoved up Roman's ass. Sammy once again tries to keep the peace. And says he's trying his best, but Kevin is begging to get his ass kicked by Jay Uso. And this prompts Kevin to challenge Jay Uso to a match. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. I mean, I, I this whole time I've been saying, I felt like Sami Zayn, his whole storyline with the bloodline was going to somehow intersect with Kevin Owens. Well, not the whole time, but recently it's felt that way. And, and now we're really getting it full force here. Um... I do think that Kevin Owens is going to bring out the old Sami Zayn again. I don't. Uh, I like the hair. I like it all, but <sighs> Sami Zayn as a babe, as a baby face is also fantastic. So, however this goes, I'm excited for it. Uh, everyone is playing their role perfectly. Kevin Owens versus Jey Uso takes place after that. KO is back in his full debut gear. Uh, he teases a powerbomb on Jay on the ring apron right in front of Sammy. Sammy looks on. Kevin confronts him. This allows Jay to dive on him outside the ring, and the Usos tell Sammy to hit Kevin with a steel chair. Sammy hesitates doing so, however, which distracts Jay long enough for Kevin to hit a stunner. And when the Usos don't look happy, Sammy looks nervous about the repercussions, and Kevin, once again, from atop the stage, says that Roman owes him one kind of like i've been saying about carrying cross i'm really digging these like feuds bubbling underneath the surface while people are in a, you know another big title feud like someone is making it clear that they're coming and you're getting these little bits of of build up to it before the person can like officially enter into the feud because right now drew and roman are both in a marquee match this weekend, but you know coming out of it, regardless of who wins, they both have someone waiting in the wings. Roman has Kevin Owens right there, waiting for him, clearly ready to attack. And Drew McIntyre has Karrion cross there. So one of those is something that can that, that's already built in for After Clash of the Castle. Bailey, Dakota, and EOSky backstage. They hype their match in the finals of the women's tag tournament. And then Miz is shown rushing out of the arena, scared. Kevin rushes up to interview him, and he refuses to talk about what happened. And as he's driving off, Dexter sits up in the back seat as they drive away. Poor Miz. Poor, poor Miz. After the break, there's an interview with Johnny Gargano. From earlier in the day in the stands where he talks about wrestling being his life. It says Theory has every gift, which is why he wanted to work with him in NXT, but he didn't hear from him for nine months. Theory didn't even call when his baby was born. What a jerk. (laughs) Although I think I may have done that for one of my friends. Like I didn't realize their baby was born. Does that make me a heel? Hmm. No, no. I'm definitely a baby face. Theory walks up from behind and asks Johnny the same question. He's like, well, Why didn't you call when I won the United States title or money in the bank? Oh man, that is kind of how I feel when I'm talking to my friends. I'm like, well, why didn't you call me to congratulate on my successes? Shit, maybe I am the no, no, I'm I'm the babyface. I'm the babyface. <laughs> um <laughs> um the theory says that he doesn't believe that Johnny was just busy with the baby. He thinks Johnny was jealous to see Theory living out his dream rather than it being Gargano. And Theory wishes Gargano good luck and says he's swim, swimming with sharks now. I'm liking this feud, I'm enjoying what they're doing here. I think that, like, you know, playing off of their history in NXT um, is, is, is good for me as a viewer who invested time in watching that stuff. And additionally, like, you know, the whole reality era that I was talking about earlier and blending reality and fiction, I'm sure there is a level of truth to it in some way of, like, I'm sure Johnny Gargano was at home. Like, man, I I don't think he was actually jealous. I don't think he wasn't, I don't think they were actually not calling each other. I'm not saying anything bad about Johnny Gargano. What I'm saying is I'm sure that at a certain time it was probably like, well, man, I would have loved to have been Vince McMahon's protégé and been in that marquee role and gotten to work with stone cold Steve Austin and win money in the bank and, and all of that. Like I don't know if it was like a you know I'm sure it's like a professional, not personal or anything like that, because you have you set high goals for yourself. So I'm sure there is some truth in this. I'm sure they're still good friends. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, I like the blending of reality and fiction. Lastly, I know this was a long recap, but there was a lot that happened in this show. Uh, each, there, there was something to talk about in every single segment, which is why I'm enjoying the creative direction of triple H. Lastly, Dakota Kai and Eos Sky versus Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah in the finals to the WWE women's tag team title tournament. And you gotta give WWE specifically triple H props for making these titles feel important again with this tournament. There was a good tournament. Uh, I liked it as a whole. And then at the end, you got this video package tonight on the importance of it. Two promos, one from each team. You give it the main event. Um, all good stuff. All, all just you know adds credibility to what they've been doing in this tournament. Adds credibility to those women's tag team titles. Raquel dominates for her team. But EO and Dakota come back. And just as it seemed to be the end After EO hit the moonsault, Raquel kicks out. Now, this is where things get a little dicey. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka, they ran out to chase Bailey away from the ring. And in the chaos, Aaliyah sneakily tags in. Dakota Kai then hits the chiropractor on Raquel, and EO nails a crucifix on Raquel, who is not the legal teammate. So there's no pinning going on here. And so Aaliyah then dives in and hits a roll-up, on Dakota, who was also not the legal partner in the match, the ref counts anyway, though, to give the win to Aaliyah and EO. New champs, tournament winners Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez. Wow, I was shocked. They defeated the favorites in Dakota and EO Sky, and the chaos over the interference did a good job of making you not realize Dakota. Wasn't the legal teammate in the match. I had to like go back and watch it again. I was like, wait a second. Was I tripping? And I had to like go back. And then you can hear Corey Graves, even on commentary, kind of say like, wait, was Dakota? And then he stops. And also you can see Dakota mouth like, I wasn't legal. So because of this, I'm like, well, what do I think? Do I like it? Do I dislike it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I think I like it. I think that ultimately, I, I, I believe that it's only a matter of time before Sasha and Naomi come back and take their rightful spot as the women's tag team champions. I don't know if... I'm, I'm assuming they come back and they have a match against um, Raquel and Aliyah. And if that's the case, I don't think you want to have Dakota Kai and Io Sky lose the women's tag team titles that quickly. You're trying to establish some credibility for them as a team. This shows that, that as a team, they didn't lose. They were technically screwed out of the titles. So if Sasha and Naomi come back and then they win, Dakota and Io have an easy way of just getting into that title match. We should have been the champions this whole time. We won our match. And now you get Bailey and Sasha Banks. Elevating the women's tag team titles like they've always wanted to do in a feud. Now that, you know, bailey has got her team established. If you have Sasha and Naomi come back, it would make a hell of a lot of sense. I'm into this. Uh, So I I got no problem. If if this is where things are going, to me it makes a lot of sense to put the women's tag team titles first on Aaliyah and Raquel. Alright, I'm done. This is the longest recap I've done, but there was a lot to discuss in this show. Now, before I'm out of here, go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find the interviews that I'm doing on Out of Character every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Go check them out. That's where you can find them. That's where they premiere. There's also clips from Raw and SmackDown, a bunch of stuff in the Community tab, so make sure that you're there. Also, go leave a rating or a review on the Out of Character podcast feed. I believe it's only Apple Podcasts where you can leave an actual review. But if you got an Apple Podcast, hook your boy up. <laughs> I read them at the top of the show. This week I didn't read the full one because you guys don't need to know the full critique that he gave me. But I wanted him to know that that it was that that it was noted. It's noted. I, I, I locked it in. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> also, go follow the WWE on Fox uh, social media accounts: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We're on TikTok now too. I did a corn video. Uh, Corn all over TikTok, just like WWE on Fox there. So go follow WWE on Fox. All right, I'm out of here. I'll be back on Friday with another SmackDown Roundup. Until then, you guys have a fantastic week.